This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. The Silver Spring and uh, the Washington Boys have special, even if it's a uh, special precedent. Okay, so uh, Ben, uh, get you back out here. Okay, anyway. Um, Oh, and Liel, and Lidor, you know, Liel, the Hayuans, I don't know. Uh, I'm learning from Washington. Sure, I've never met you, though. Oh, okay, Washington. we used to come around. You used to come around? Yeah, I learned a lot. No, you Baltimore. 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 I don't know what Baltimore. You learned at the school there. You learned at the school. I learned at the Hebrew Academy. You should bring a lot of your book. You're both the Academy people. So it's something to do with Silver Spring? Something to do with Silver Spring? Oh, you might recognize it. Wow, so you really have a... This is also the Academy. Academy. Oh! He actually yeah. 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 That is, uh, introduction, Baruch Hashem, it's a pleasure to have Rashi Rav Arnold Yansky Shlita be with us for a uh, small shear and to open the floor to questions, issues of the times I mean, uh, with us today. Uh, the representative of the Yeshiva of Shmuel Kippel, and already a good friend, um, uh, has told me that the questions and other Yeshivas have been out there for all the challenges out there, I understand. And so uh, <laughs> we want to encourage as challenging uh, questions as we can. And she will be available after this year. Rovelansky will be available as well. She will be available. A little question, bit. A little bit. I, 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 I have a chasna. My oldest grandson is getting married today, so okay, well, I, well, I, well, I, well, I, I've got strict instructions to, uh, <laughs> to get moving well, at that right time. I, I now all of a sudden have memories of our, our neighbor, uh, being neighbors in Arzavira together, right across the street. Uh, before I was at your house, this uh, the Shabbos that uh, Rabbi. Uh, Who's the Rebbe that Merkin? Merkin. Are you with that? He wrote about Shabbos when he because things the deal was being made. Anyway, wow. Fine. I don't want to take any time. Kiff will be available, and other representatives of the yeshiva will be available through the lunch time to hear more about the yeshiva and the college program that goes on in the yeshiva. Okay, pleasure to have. Okay, so if you have if you can get, or if you have somebody who has a shmos here, So th- this is the whole program, or Shana Bet, or what is Shana Bet? What? Some Shana Aleph. How is your trip, man? Baruch Hashem, very very nice. I mean, listen, it's wonderful to come for Simcha. What's your name? Yehuda. From? Milwaukee. Oh, sure. There was somebody. There were, there, we have a boy in the high school, Margolis. Oh. Yeah, just came and he's thinking of coming to Shiva Dovi. 
Okay, so I wanted to start just with a vart. The, 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 um, I guess the main, the vart itself, I'm basically saying over Josh's Haran, but it's, it's, it's a very important, I'm going to try to say it over and explain it um, is, as best as I can. He's going on the Pasik. He's. Okay. Um, he is explaining uh, 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 on the Pasik when it says Moshe Abenu debated back and forth with Akadish Baruch Hu, and he said, you know, I'm a Kvad Peh and a Ralph Fasayim, and how am I going to speak to them? So we're back and forth with Akadish Baruch Hu, and Akadish Baruch Hu tells him, Finally, who put a mouth, who gave a person a mouth? Or who makes a person mute, deaf, being able to see, or blind? That's the passage. So many people ask, and the Ran gives his terrors, you know, if I walk into a room, and I say, who lit the light in the room? That's a, that's a good question, it's a valid question. There are no lights in the room. And someone will come in and say, who put the darkness into the room? We'd look at the guy and say, are, are you trying to be funny or you, or you smoked something and inhaled? Like, what, 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 what does it mean, who put the darkness into the room? It's, a room is dark unless somebody lit it up. So we understand the question of who made a person, who put a mouth in a person. That's a very good question. But this expression of who made a person mute or deaf or blind, those three things really, really um, don't sound right. Uh, it, so you know, maybe it's poetic language. We actually come across this in davening every morning. We say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu forms light and creates darkness. What does it mean he creates darkness? Darkness is the default setting. It's, it's what you get when there is nothing. So, so why in the world would, would, would we say that? What do we mean when we use that term? And actually, Bara is a very, very powerful word. It means to create from nothing almost. So it's the same, it's the same point, same question. So the Ran, the Ran offers the following understanding. Um, l- let's, let's give a marshal for it, and then I think we'll be able to understand it. Say, um, there's, there's a stranger. Um, I'm, to most of you, I'm not a stranger, but let's, we'll take Max, just as, as an example. And some will say, why don't you take care of Max? Why don't you support him? Why don't you give him food? Why don't you this, that, the other thing? I would say, one second, if I give him, it's nice of me and it's kind of me. Um, you, you may suggest that I give him, but it, it's, a, it's a meaningless question to say, why aren't you supporting him? But let's say I see a child whose parents are not feeding him, his parents are not giving him anything, and then I, I'm, I'm very, very, um, it, it, it's a very probing question, hey, where are you? Why aren't you feeding this kid? Why don't you take care of him? Why aren't you talking to him? Because even though technically, on a physical level, my assumption is nothing exists until... Oh, it doesn't bother me that much, but uh, I do, uh, is it going to be constant uh, accompaniment? No, okay. It, it, it doesn't... Um, 
so, so even though in, in, a, in a dry technical term you need a reason to give, but a parent is naturally a giver and take care, and if I see a situation, a negative situation, there must be a reason. I'm angry at my kid. I, we've ruptured our relationship, Hassan, with this, that, whatever it is. Akaruchu made this world to be a positive place. It says, Akarish Baruch did not create the world to be empty, he created the world to be. So, yes, technically, until Akarish Baruch created the world, there was nothing. But the minute Akarish Baruch said, Bracious, and he made a Bria, we, we have a Pasuk that says, Akarish Baruch created the world to exist. So, a constant Hashba of Akarish Baruch Hu is the norm in the world. That's what the world is. If I find a pocket, thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you very, very much. If I find a pocket of lack in the world, I don't see it as missing. I see it as disrupted. It's not, well, of course a person doesn't have a, a, a mouth. Of course a person doesn't see, unless God wants him. No. If a person can't speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu muted him. Because mitzad the rotsam of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is stopping what he wants to give. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to be in the world. He wants the world to exist, to thrive, and to have. Light is a natural situation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants the world to be lighted and, en- and enlightened, enlightened from him. Anything that's missing has a purpose as much as the original light has a purpose. Um, if I can say over, an, uh, I, I saw a letter a Putin wrote once, in his early years, it's printed, beautiful letter, and he writes, I have two friends. One of them complained, when I knock upstairs, nobody's home. He said, I got to know him. He was not a very deep person. My other friend said, whenever I knock upstairs, they decide not to answer my knock. And that person I got to know, and he's a much deeper person. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world to be, to be positive. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, it, it, once HaKadosh Baruch Hu lit up the world, Anytime there's darkness, it's because the decision was made for a reason to close the light. The default setting of this world is uh, an open light, and a decision was made closed. The run then explains, and I'm not going to be mired in that so much, why over here was, it was extremely important to take away his ability to speak. But I think it's just a generally very positive a perspective on, on life. Um, it's very different when you ask yourself, why did Akash Prahu, why didn't Akash Prahu remember to give me X, Y, Z? Or why is Akash Prahu withholding X, Y, Z from me? There's no, it's in the Pasik, Sadik, Ne'ezov, I never saw a forsaken Sadik. So it's a difference between parents that don't care about a child or parents that made a decision to withhold something for whatever reason. It's even though both of them, the child doesn't have X, Y, or Z. But there's a, a, a world of difference between a, a parent that has abandoned a child, it's a terrible situation. A parent sometimes in, in, in the world of Chinuch, it's appropriate to withhold something from a child. He needs to earn it, he needs to appreciate it, he needs to understand those consequences. Many reasons. 
but that means it's an actively engaged parent. So anytime we see in the world something missing, in our lives something missing, lacking, we don't attribute it because I'm not important enough for to give it. I'm important enough for to withhold it from me. And I need to ask myself, why? And I, maybe sometimes it's, it's because my job is to go through life with these challenges and to prove it can be done with these challenges. Sometimes it's there as a call for tshuva. Sometimes it, it's a, there as a call for tefillah. Whatever it is, it's a very different perspective on, on, on uh, what's missing as opposed, it's not missing, it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu withholding it. Okay, this is a point I wanted to say over Durant. And Durant explains also why crucial that he can't speak, a very beautiful point, but I don't want to go into it. I, I want to leave it at this point. And now, I guess, you have the questions over Greenwald? Or? I haven't taken So maybe you throw it open and whatever, whatever the other ones we could discuss. I enjoy discussing it. I learn a lot from people's questions. Anybody would like to? Yes. Um, I, you want to call on the voice? No, or? No, no, no. I just, I'm not, I guess, let, let's. Um, what uh, course of action will you suggest to a parent that finds out their kid is watching porn? Okay, so, um, I mean, I, I'm glad you're looking from a parent's point of view, unless you're challenging how, like a parent's reaction, but, I, but it's, it's interesting that you're looking from that point, side of the table. So, so let's go slowly. The worst thing is to react with your natural reaction. In other words, worse, a parent has values, the child's pornography is bad, and and a child watching it is a bad thing. So you want to give over how you feel about it, not in a personal confrontation. And let's understand something. There's the value how it sits in my heart and a very strong sense of how bad pornography is. It's an appropriate, it's a passionate value that, that really has, is right. When I'm trying to, to get someone else to do right, then I need to ask myself, how will I impact that person to get him to the point I want to? Not how do I feel about the issue. And that's a crucial difference. Let me give you an example. If someone were to come to me and come down really hard on some fault of mine, my reaction is not going to be this man is absolutely right and how could I have done such a terrible thing and I must do truth. I'll tell you what my actions are. He's much worse than I am. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He listens to Lashahara and he doesn't begin to understand me and, and, and he does things that are much worse. Those are my first three th- I, if my first three things and I think of a lot more offensive things. If, if, you know, you think of pornography as being terrible. When you tell a child, you're a low life, that you, a person cannot take tochacha that destroys himself. You're much, much better off to take a very different tack. And you sit there and say, listen, I know what the Yitzhar is, I understand it. I know how, how gratifying it seems to be, and it's natural, and everybody has seen something you shouldn't have sounds like. Let me explain to you why it's such a bad course, and let me explain how we can go about stopping ourselves. That's a world of difference. You can tell him, you know, I, I know that you'd rather not be stuck on the stuff, and I know how hard it is. Yeah. So let's understand a, a, a calm sense. You need to reaffirm that you think extremely well of the child. You need to understand that as terrible as life is, 
everybody's got a hand or a foot. Everybody's seen it so many, unless you grew up in a very close sheltered environment, and, and I'm skeptical even about that, that everyone's, he just happened to be caught, that the road back, it doesn't lie by, by, by fasting 40 days in a row and, 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 what, and, and sitting on a hot stove. It, it's taking reasonable measures, understanding yourself, understanding why this is what you don't want to do, and understanding a way how to get back and how to, and how to stay away from it. That is so. It takes it takes caring a lot, extraordinary self-control, and wisdom about another person. And this is true across the board. Just having the pornography is a person admitting pornography. You can see if they're really breaking and think like, oh, now I gotta, I make sure they can't do it. I gotta lock everything up. And and the and the worst way to do is that way. Because let me explain you something. Pornography has many aspects it, and one of them is it's a lovely place to be when life around you is hot, when your parents are nagging, when your rebellion are screaming and yelling, when your friends don't like you, it, life is terrible, you sit down, take out the phone, and it's pleasure. You are driving the person. People need to live with a good sense of self and a world of pleasure. And you, you, you've done the best by, by, the only place he has now is, is here. I'm sure this is very filtered, but whatever it is, this is the only place w- where you'll find it, and it's 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 um, it's, it's just pure pleasure. Yeah. I want to tell you something. I spent three weeks ago. I was in a place, a rehab place, for, from for, uh, from rehab place from kids, and they spoke. Each one spoke about his experiences. They all said, somewhere along the line, it started with feeling empty and nothing for them. And the first time they drank, or took, or, or, or took an opiate, one of them, or did heroin, they said, "Wow, this is Olam Haba." So you want to make sure that that's not what you where you're driving a person to. And, and what if the kid doesn't share your? And I, I guess they won't say it all right, but you can sense they don't share your. Um, uh, value that this is such a terrible thing. Correct. They could just say, "Well, it's really amazing." Uh, right. I understand what you're so, saying. So, so what you need is you need to tap into something that the child will realize. Um, anything, it, it um, you know, it, 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 there are different things you can tap into. Don't look at it for religion. Tell a person this draws you in and draws you in and draws you in, and you don't get out. The, the, the famous, uh, I, I once heard a very corny joke from a, from a therapist. He's a great therapist, but jokes are kind of corny. He, he spoke at, a, at the Aguda Convention, and he said, you know, people get addicted to everything. Is that he even had somebody who was addicted to brake fluid, you know, from a car. Everybody looked at him and says, yeah, he told me I can stop anytime I want. So, so yes, it, it counts definitely as the corny joke of 2017, but, but, it's, but, but certainly the point is, is a cute point. It, the point is real. Anything, you, you, you know, you sometimes, you'll take, a, a, you need to find, ask a Bach who's not spending, who's not doing much in yeshiva, and the guy says, oh, it's okay. Ask him, tell me the truth. Imagine you're a parent, and your son is doing yeshiva exactly what you're doing. Tell him, imagine you're married to somebody, man or, you know, man or woman, whoever, if you're a man or a woman, and the other person is looking and ogling pictures of somebody else undressed. How would you feel if that's where the person is? 
still kind of really disgusted. You don't, you're not going to stop. If you learn to control yourself and to, 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 do, to, 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 to make use of your drives, then you're going to have an extraordinary loyal and positive marriage and relationships. If, you know, if every time you look at a woman, immediately the trigger is sexual, that means a woman is never a person in your eyes. It, it, it's, 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 an, it's an object. Is that how you value humans? You need to tap into, any religious thing needs to tap into what the person feels. You need to know the child, and you need to say, what is that you want? And, and you need to know what to know, and explain to them how pornography or any addiction absorbs you, and you're able to produce nothing. It, 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 uh, one of the th reasons why pornography is so bad, just in a, anything which is a very powerful pleasure, gives you nothing in return and absorbs you is an escape. And, and when someone says, yeah, I do it only occasionally, it's like the guy who snorts coke occasionally, it's the guy who drinks heavily occasionally, it's, it's the brake fluid, you know? So, so that's the type of discussion you need to have. You need to tap into something that is meaningful to the child. You need to express to them subtly and, and, and everything about you, how much you value them as a person. And then you need to explain why this is uh, this really going to undo it and, and a sensible way how to move on. Yes, Marcus. Um, how, just maybe as a precursor to the question, how do you raise a child in America with purity? Whether, and it doesn't just have to be pornography, it could also be drugs, needles, cursing, all these different things that secular culture almost immediately exposes you to. How do you, how do you bring a, uh, how do you have good cleanup with a child in that environment? Yeshiva going to Washington. Shuin, a shuin. That's that. That was what's the slam dunk. He went to the other school. That's the. So, so, so. It's like everywhere in the world, not just Chosarts. Even here. No, it's true. So, so let's talk about it. Yeah. I would say it's comparable to, let's take health as an issue. And in, 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 in generally, in, in, I guess, Ramesh Shapiro's once told somebody, somebody asked him, how do you know something like between two extremes? And Ramesh said, there is no way to get around using Seichel. In other words, most things in life will not have a, a automatic one-sided answer as much as it'll have a, a need to balance. If you raise a child totally insulated, you raise a child in an environment in, in your Shalim somewhere, in, in, in Meir Sharem, in Shalim it's hard to do, Shalim is not an insulated city, but let's say in, in, in Tifrach, which is a small town, it's a yeshiva town, and that's all you have there. In Lakewood, in the heart of Lakewood, you raise a child without any exposure whatsoever. There are advantages to that. The disadvantage is, it's like a child that was never exposed to disease. You raise them in a hospital with double doors. God forbid the day he walks out of the hospital, the day there's a tiny hole in the hospital, he, he will have an onslaught of bacteria that are going to destroy him. So I don't believe Hasidim, like Satmar Hasidim thought, that by total isolation, don't teach the language, don't, don't let them be anywhere near women, don't do that, and we will, they will be wonderful and, and pure. It doesn't work because inevitably we, we get exposed, and if a person and if a person is very ice insulated, that's counterproductive. 
On the other hand, I'll say, okay, so I will take my kids and raise them in the streets of a slum, so he'll be exposed to every single uh, uh, virus and, and bacteria there is, and that will make him strong and hardy. Yeah, if he survives till the age of, of, of 18, you know, the 1% the chance, then okay, he'll, he'll be hard. So it's always a balance between the two. You, you want a child to be the earlier, the more insulated. And then you want, um, and then you want to teach them about the world with you explaining. In other words, if you let, a, if you don't teach a kid anything about their drives, their physical drives, so maybe nothing will happen. Maybe the day he, he's aroused, he's not going to know what's going on with himself, and he has no kalim to deal with it. On the other hand, if you let him be exposed to everything, he will die of overdose. What you want to do is be able to sit down and explain to him, listen, this Akash made us, there's so much wonderful about the body, in the right time, in the right place, these are the Nisyonos, this is how you deal with Nisyonos. It's true across the board. One of the big differences, I would say, with the Yeshiva world, and its full gamut is, my question, and, and this is a lot of times with parents, if, you're, if, you're, if your own home and life are steeped in American culture, it's a tough time. If, if the celebs are important people, um, if, if the, the games and everything that's happening in the popular culture is part of your world, it, it's what you live on, it's what you experience, it's what you hold up, you know, as Khashiv, it's very hard to tell a child to, to leave normally. If, if your home environment and school environment is such that that's not the world, but you occasionally walk into that world and, and you understand that world, I think that's much healthier. Um, I have a, a cousin of mine who lives in, in somewhere in New Jersey um, and he belongs to a more modern Orthodox community. He, this person himself is a very serious person and somebody made a bar mitzvah in that community and they brought in five basketball players from New York. I'm talking about I, I, I'm either Knicks or, or I don't know if the Nets, what kind of team they are, I forgot, but, but the Knicks, I, I'll assume it's the Knicks. And he paid them $10,000 a shot to come and to beautify the Simcha. And my cousin was very upset and he said, you know, with $50,000 they could hire another Rebbe, they could raise it. I said, the school that you're talking about has enough money, they can do whatever they want. That's not the issue. I said, let me explain what the issue is. Would he have given Rev Salavechik $10,000 to come to the Bar Mitzvah and beautify it? He probably would have paid for his care. That's about it. So it's very clear to the kid about what's valuable in life. $10,000 a basket is, is what a basketball player is worth. A rabbi is worth the care fair. So it, that's the problem. The big people, the important people we're supposed to ooh and ah about are people that... I was once standing by Terminal LaGuardia. I, I don't follow sports much. You know, it's, it's, it, I, I, as a young boy, I did follow it. I was kind of into it a bit, but I, it wasn't something that really spoke to me. And I, um, and I was waiting outside, I think for cabs, that type of waiting. There was a woman standing next to me, and a big, tall, good-looking guy walks by, and the eyes pops out and says, my gosh, I can't believe it. And he pulls, and she pulls out a paper and asks him for an autograph. I, I think he must have been a famous player or something. He was coming like right next to the terminal. There was a signature element, like private plane or something. And he, he, you know, he gives the autograph. And then he turns to me like, wait, wait, and he said, say autograph? I said, no. 
<laughs> and I think it was the first time I, I said no thanks. You know, I, I just know I, I don't I don't see the chivas to the person, um, because he plays ball well. And I don't think that there's a chivas to it. It's it's not the world. I think if kids grow up, it's not a with singers and actors and models are not are considered to be on the doubtful side of society, not on the chashva side of society. They're not celebs. They're not famous. They're not important. Then, then it's different. Then, then at least the, the, the values are so. Having the right culture at home, the right culture in the yeshiva, and using seichel, understanding some kids. Need, the Gemara talks about you know sometimes a parent may want to lend his child money with ribis, and he should have pay interest in it. So the child learns a lesson: how difficult it is to repay a loan with ribis. Halachically, you can't do it, but it's it's the Gemara has a havmin on that. The Gemara has havmin all sorts of things that you may want to do, so that the kid gets a sense of of the forbidden, so that he knows that it's not something to go into. Yes. How insulated is um, insulated in like in today's world? Like, what's an example of that? I mean, I know you give a few examples, but how far does the is so really insulated, it's getting know, harder and harder because in my days when I went to school, you had to take a subway four stops to get to see the really good stuff. And we were forced off some Times Square. So anybody who wanted to go look at the stuff needed to take a subway. You needed to go to a, a newsstand where nobody was around, look around, make sure nobody was around and buy something that you shouldn't. Today, it's in your pocket. You know, alavavcha, valibecha, you know, it's like, it's unfortunately, so you, you, have to, you have to make a decision what could and what can't. And, and Hasidim are struggling with it because they can't. Satmer is no longer insulated. You can't. The, the business guy has a, 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 a phone. This person has a phone. Square fights desperately. They have a small community relatively. They have a small area. And it, it, it's too porous. The world is porous and you need to keep asking yourself what's possible and what's not possible. More important... If it was possible, would that even be a goal? No, more important... Let's explain something. More important... I, I, um, I have somebody... I, there was somebody I knew that is... Um, he runs a professional typing service and he said it is much more efficient that somebody types at a rapid clip where you have X percentage of mistakes and then you go over to correct the mistakes, then you type slower and make sure there are no mistakes. It's, it's, it's much more effective. In my mind, it's much more effective that you take into account there's going to be exposures if the general atmosphere is positive and healthy. And when you see that a kid is really getting into something, you're able to cope with it, it's much, much more effective than dreaming that you can isolate, insulate the kid from everything. A, a therapist, a, a from therapist from Queens told me once, she's an amazing woman, she, she, she deals with extraordinary hard cases, extraordinary hard cases, um, and a very sensible person, I, I, I spent some time speaking with her, I was, very, I was amazed. Um, but she was telling me that there was two parents, and one says that she, that, that her daughters are so pure and holy, they don't talk about anything, they don't know anything, whatever. And it's a whole long story, but her daughter was the one that explained to everybody who's expecting and when they're expecting and what happens when they're expecting. And, and the whole, she, she was the most knowledgeable, she was the encyclopedia about it. Uh, th that was the end of the story. It was an incredible story, uh, a, a true story that came to her, her death. You, you, you can't make things, it's just like, I, I know somebody who had a chain of supermarkets. He told me 
same story, same idea. He said he invests in security, but he prices things expecting there will be X percentage of loss through theft, rather than invest ten times as much in, in, in having a Fort Knox. You can't run a supermarket like a Fort Knox. So you're going to take into account X amount of X amount of, of problems. So you balance. You, you, like you said, it's not possible, and it's not even desirable. At the end of the day, and the child has to interact. Everybody's not going to sit and learn in a pure colo in, in, in the heart of Lakewood. You're going to go out, you're going to interact, you're going to see things. You need to be able to, to deal with it. So no matter where you live, you have to... Sorry, what? So no matter where you live, you have to... Correct, correct. And it's just that each place has a different age, different issues. It doesn't say there's a big sweeping principle of insulation versus exposure, and you can't take any extreme and just go with it. You need to be able to balance and understand and, and take into account there will be patches to be made rather than, than, than finding something perfect. Yes, sir? With that in mind, uh, we've been hearing a lot in the last three weeks about the precious of Rupstein. Yes. Is that something, uh, how does the Rupstein understand it? And is that something we should be avoiding Yeshiva, our boys, uh, any boys should be focused on separating from oil and so, okay, so Rev Steinman was extremely fascinating. I spoke about it recently, actually, about this point, about Precious. Um, yes, he himself was almost disconnected from this world. Um, you know, the, all the stories are probably true. I mean, I, I don't know this, I know, I know a lot that's true, and probably all the stories I heard are true, but two, two things, most people that you meet that are purged from Olam Hazet tend to be very miserable, angry, upset, annoying people. It, it's like somebody once said, Oye Hashem said tzaddikim, because only Hashem could love tzaddikim. <laughs> Everyone else has a hard time. Rev Steinman was one of the most pleasant, um, pleasant, easy people to, to interact with and communicate with. He, he, there was an ease and a, and, a, and, a, and a sweet sense of humor to him and, and, and just pleasantness. Two, he most of the time recommended for other people not precious. Um, somebody wrote in the newspaper that Hiroshima sent him to collecting, worked very hard, he was like a business student. When he came back, he said, do me a favor, here's money, take your wife, take a weekend and go for vacation. Hiroshima, the word vacation didn't exist in his lexicon, but he understood, uh, he, they asked him a kind of question. It's your child is home, bears my name from, from, from yeshiva, and he's sleeping, and the Zaman Krishna's coming. What should you do about it? He thought, he said, wake him up, but don't nudge him. Wake him up and tell him Zaman Krishna. If he falls back asleep, he falls back asleep. Don't push more than that. He, he, he had a very different approach to others. And let me explain to you two areas. First of all, his own precious was a, um, it was because he got into Ruchnia so much. The most I used was, you know, sometimes when a person is, is really is a driven businessman, he's doing great deals, he doesn't eat lunch and doesn't eat supper, we don't call that precious. He's, he's, he's so much into his business that he doesn't have time to eat, but it's a happy, positive kind of thing. Um, it, 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 when it comes out of a love of learning, that learning is, 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 is I, I don't care to eat, I'm not thinking about the pizza. And 
Shiva food usually helps that you're not so involved with that, and and the learning actually becomes a little more interesting than the food. So 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 the positive getting into learning is important. One one thing I do think Krishna's could work, and let me something. To stop eating, to think about what you're eating, what you're not eating, that that I'm not a big chassid of. So yeah, if somebody's got a problem, if he's, if he's really got some overeating disorder, he should see a therapist. Not you know, it's not not doing much good. That's not what we're holding. But there is something that we are, we should be holding. That food becomes a culture. It, you know, it, I, I, I'm a curious person. I like reading a lot. It's, it's always been something I like doing. And especially one of the things I was always curious as a child was about different countries and so on. Wherever I go someplace, I, I try to pick up all the literature, the stuff you can still read, you know, that's about the place. So there'll be a place, and inevitably, there may be one line about the place, and then you've got to try this restaurant, you've got to try that restaurant, the other place, mm-hmm. this food, that food, and they, 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 they make a rare steak, and they broil it, and they bring some wine. Klum, the culture's all eating. A great project is not to discuss food. It, 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 the culture of a restaurant, the culture of food, you, you need to eat, fine. Where's a good place to eat that's, that's relatively that, that's, you know, affordable? This place. But how they make the steak, and when they serve the wine, and what the bulkers taste like, that's a world that's empty. And a person should, a person who's OSEC in real things, a person who's OSEC in, in Tyra, should n- a person who's learning the space should not be discussing omelets in the restaurant. Beitze is, is this, you know. There should be s- s- so. What bothers me? I have a friend of mine. He's a he's a huge chacham, a big Balkishan, and very. He's a ish chacham. He's a he's a chacham. His wife's family are wonderful people, but they're kind of part of the bigger American culture. And they were sitting at the table, and they were discussing whatever it was. And one said, "Oh, this is this food is kind of." It, it arouses your curiosity and it piques your interest and, and, and this, this food actually has something that, you know, whatever. And he, he, he said, Rabbi Sai, you want to take, talk, talk about food? Say you like the taste, you don't like the taste. Don't attribute intellectual value to, you know, when you speak about a story, a book, you say, oh, this book arouses your curiosity, this book has meaning, it has depth. Food is food. Keep it to your stomach, not to your mind. That was his. That was his. Uh, to that. So that, that is that is a precious that is positive. It's positive because it's it's the world you're going to live in. It adds nothing for a bachur to start patching with which food to eat, which not food. It's too close to becoming an unhealthy obsession. And and no, not at this stage, not at this point. Um, you know, if a person has weight problems, then staying away from from really good, you know, really heavy stuff is, is a good idea for other reasons. But but I think this would be the way to. Yes. I've mentioned beforehand about uh, speaking to Hashem. I want to ask. You're saying about speaking. You're saying about speaking to like. What, what's your name? Where you're from? Daniel. I don't know from Queens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so basically, like, let's say if you, you tell your child and you try and you explain to him, basically you brought him up with your morals and what he just let's say. Let's say, if, like, you would have said, like, if you, if you watch, like, bad stuff, right? He's going after a lot of his titles. But let's say, let's say, like, you have, you have someone that you want, you want to explain to, let's say, let's say, smoking weed. Let's say what? Smoking weed. Yeah. So I think, in a general, the world, the world, like, morally, we know it's like, it's not something you sh- you're supposed to do. And you try to explain it to them, but they just say, there's nothing bad with it. I'm saying, I'll do it with my kids. It's better than, it's the same thing as drinking. There's, like, drinking is fine. We just find there's, there's no health, there's no health, um, 
doesn't take away health problems. So, so let's let's explain a little bit about let's explain chinuch a little bit in, in a bigger picture. Um, when I was growing up, I think we we lived in Lower East Side, which today it, it's sort of a glorified it was slums. That, that's I guess the, the best way to describe it. It, it, it. They were old houses overpopulated by poor people, and my parents were immigrants and refugees. And, you know that was it. <coughs> Across the street from where we from where we grew up, and I, so I w- we lived in one place for for two years. And they built these huge co-ops. I don't know if those are familiar. There's big housing down across big modern buildings and affordable housing of nice, decent apartments. And that's where we moved in, and that's where I lived most of my life. But as a kid, I grew up watching them build these huge buildings. And you know, so first things they dug this huge hole in the ground. Then they poured, they put these metal pieces in. They poured the cement on it, and it just looked like a lot of slabs and, and columns. And then they covered the whole thing up with earth again, and it looked like way when it started. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what in the world they're doing. I don't know if somebody explained to me then, or I figured out later, is if you build a building, it has to be attached to something. And if the ground is sand, you'll have a beautiful building, but you don't need an elevator because the building is going to start going down, and, and you know it, it, it doesn't have what to stand on. You first need to build a platform and on the building built. Every, every person has built-in axioms that are in his, they're the bedrock. So LaMarshall, if you grow up, almost everybody grows up in a, in a home where stealing is terrible. So when he does something, he, does, he, he finds a way to avoid paying uh, the meter or something. So your battle is to explain why this is stealing or why everybody does it and he shouldn't do it. But stealing is bad. Let's say your child is stealing and you grows up with the, with the idea that stealing from everybody is okay except from a fellow gypsy. So now you tell him, you're doing that? That's stealing. Guy says, exactly. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Shekibanti. Like, 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 what are you talking? One of the difficulties is you need to tap into somebody's bedrock of values. And if you build, so, so the first, the, the, the most essential value that you could inculcate in a child that Hashem made me means I was put in this world for a purpose. And a wasted life, even if it tasted good, is the most terrible thing. It's hard to explain it in the light of something else. It has to come as something where I need, if a child sees that, my, that, 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 that his parents don't kill time, that the word, I'm just gonna kill a few hours. You can say I'm gonna take it easy for a few hours because I need, this, I need to, to get calm, stress off, I need to take a vacation, I need to take a break because I'm, I'm overstressed. That is a good part. That's part of the value of productivity. You're using a machine 24 seven is not productive. But it, building those core values where a child has tactless productivity, in a world where productivity is good, what am I accomplishing? What did I do? If, if you have a tsar on a wasted day, then the child picks up the core values, you can, then, then you have what to build on. And, and that's really where the most kinech lies in. And, and it has a lot to do with our own behavior, our own values. A child absorbs his parents' values, even in the tkufis that rebels <coughs> against it. But at the end of the day, they seep in at a very, very core level in his personality. And that's what you're trying to tap into. 
Yes. With that in mind, when America is allowing so many things today, even legalizing yes. the, the drugs and marriages today, how are we supposed to react to that? How, 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 how so, we, so, how we so if, 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 if I think one of the core components of Chinuch is that we have values that are clear and they come from someplace strong and, and, and holy. America doesn't have values, they have feelings, they're nice people, a lot of nice things, but what's a marriage? Who's a marriage? How can someone just decide what a marriage is? A marriage is something, it's, it's not a legal contract between two people to supply goods. It's something deeper than that. The secular world has no shyness to it. And, and I think that attitude, we're not Americans, we're Yidin. We live in America, we need to participate and, and, and do our share as a citizen. They're, they're, those are Jewish values, but the, the, the most important thing is that to, to, to reach the type of understanding who we are. We're Jews, and I, a strong sense of identity as a Torah Jew is, is, is crucial. And that, and that comes in not by preaching at the child, but by living it. You know, I'm a Yid. I live in America. America is a wonderful place. They've given us a lot. It's of all the countries we've ever lived in, it's probably been the best to us. <coughs> the, the people, the Americans are decent people, they're good people. Unfortunately, they had values through Christianity and they've discarded them and therefore they're blind. If they're not bad, they're just blind. It's like asking why is a blind person bumping into me? Because he's blind, not because he's malicious. And they have no vows, so, so of course anything can marry anything. But if, marriage, if marriage is a certificate, nothing more, nothing less than that, what's the problem? Yes. Ben. How does uh, like living among the plain Jews and like people seem to take a lot of like righteous offense at gay people being allowed to marry, even though it's they don't understand that these two people love each other and like let them do what they want as long as I can do what I want. Like they don't understand because they themselves. So live and let live, live is is a statement of something being valueless. In other words, that's what you say. Let's let me just nuance a bit. It, 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 there are things. If, if, if uh, there, are, there are flavors that everybody hates. So some people, there, there are always these soda flavors that only one odd guy likes. So, um, you, you, so you say that you can say, ugh, I don't like it, that's fine. But you like it, that's also fine. And, and I, there's no more than that. So any system that does not have any values coming from our Kaddish Baruch Hu, so yeah, the most effective thing is I'll do things I want to do. You do things as long as nobody's hurting anybody else, um, nobody seems to be hurting anybody else. That's fine. We understand that we're in a shama chelka kaimimal, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the wisdom that understands right and wrong. We don't, and therefore um, it, it's it's it, it, there are, there's right and wrong, whether or not you um, whether or not you subscribe to it. It's right and wrong by definition. Kachbarko defined it as wrong. So one question is how to deal with people that do other things. The other question is it's, it emphatically say that it's bad. So, and to, and to just like, let, let's imagine I have a, a, a person in my community who, who inherited a ton of money from his, from, from his family and he's well supplied with drugs for the rest of his life. He sits home, he, he dopes himself two or three times a day, depending on, on, on how strong he is. That's what he does. So I tell him, I come to him, I say, oh, that's terrible. The person says, none of your business. 
Possibly, okay. But I certainly should make a statement in my home that this is a tragedy. A human being who has an ashama could accomplish, could produce, was sent this world, and he's, and he's died the minute he was born. He's died with it, and it's, it's, it's terrible. I need to make that point because I believe that way. Do, do I, should I try to get out of, out of it? I believe, but certainly, but I can know him. If I can influence the person and convince him of those values, I would be saving his life because basically he's 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 dead. Um, in, in, and and I do feel that this is Emes Lamito. Should I take should I take action and 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 do something? That's a, that's a whole different question of in a secular society, what are my responsibilities? In a Torah society, yes. Just like if someone should commit suicide, the the person will tell me live and let die. You know, I, we, 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 I, I would say no. Saving a life, even if you right now are in a terrible mood, I need to save it. I think most many people would subscribe to that. You don't say, well, you do what you want to do, I'll do what I want to do. To me, a person who's on drug dress life is that. And I believe the same God that gave me life and Nishama said that this is, when we say it's punishable by death, what it means is it's equivalent to that in its humrah. Do I understand it? No. But I firmly believe that this is Emes because this is the way it has to be. And, and it, the God who created everything gave ascribed values of good and bad. So, so live and let live is a value possible only if, if there's no objective standard. So you, when you like flavors, live and let live is a good thing. You, you like this. It, it's like, you know, sometimes you have couples where you have a weird, a weird dynamic where somebody eats something and the wife or vice versa say, this is horrible, I can't bear that you eat this stuff because it's really gross. The guy says, well, I like it. No, it's terrible. You can't possibly like it and you take it away. There are some, that, that's, there's a problem there. Somebody, somebody's got some issues over there. But when you're talking about moral things, then yes, right and wrong existence, live and let live is, is not a value, not a Jewish value. Yes? Uh, you know, I mentioned maintaining Jewish identity yes. in America and also how America has been how what? Um, I feel like part of the shyness that Jewish identity has toward Israel and Yad um entails a certain uncomfortability living in the diaspora and the fact that Mashiach is obviously not here yet. What, what, at what point, what, how do we look at, you know, what, how, what level of comfortability can we have in the diaspora, America especially, considering such a welcoming country, versus, you know, our longing for Israel in an ideal fashion, not as Israel. So l l let me tell you something I once heard from Salvechik on Tishabov. Um, he, he expressed an extraordinarily poignant point. He was he said, I think it, it was it was it was in the Kinnis. I think I know what he's about. I'm not. I'm not even sure. He said people say that we're in Eretz and we're by the Kaisal, and it's like almost the Gullus is over, something like that. That was basically. He says, you know. Sometimes you have a father and a son where they broke apart and the son went off and not connected to father. And that's terrible. He used to speak with a sort of a Germanish type of it. He says, sometimes you have that, that relationship, but circumstances are chasm and it forces the son to sit next to his father. But, but there's that same gulf between them as when he was living in Africa a, thousand, a few thousand miles away. This is the most terrible tension. He says, to be so close and yet to be severed. And, and he basically said, we're standing by the Kaisal, but Hashem wants to have nothing to do with us. Um, understanding Golos in its depth, a person's inner Ruchni's search is to be connected to Kaddish Baruch Hu. And 
Golos means there's been a tremendous severance relationship. Because Shabbat will be grudgingly toss us a few crumbs, and that's it. That's what we long for. Eretz Yisrael is the only place where it will ever express itself. It'll never, it, 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 America will never become the home for the Jews and HaKadosh Baruch Hu united. But Eretz Yisrael also doesn't have it. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it, it's like, um, imagine a couple split and each one went to live somewhere else. And then one, one day they moved back to the old apartment, the old house. But the other side has not moved in yet. So you're not reconciliated. You need to understand that Ruchnius is a pneumistic Akesha. Eretz Yisrael is an absolute need for it. There is Ruchnistic value to living in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara says so, Raman brings it. But the Geula means HaKadosh Baruch turning back and saying, I want, I want to get back together again. That's what it is. And so sometimes it's easy in America than Eretz Yisrael. Um, and it, you know, again, there, there, Eretz Yisrael certainly has a lot more ruchnis than America. It, 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 you feel the kedusha, you see people grow in yeshiva so much more, you, and people live it, live a life of kedusha. You know, that that's definitely. Um, but understand that when you're talking about goals and guli, you're talking about something much, much deeper. I have time here for one more question, and then okay. So, who, somebody has an yes yet? Let somebody. Any repeat offenders? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, the question is how to deal with personally and I guess in the home too cynicism in general and what I mean by that is when let's say personally you look at a group of people and you just have an icky feeling let's say it's Israelis well I don't like Israelis now I can sit down logically and say I suppose they have their own culture but uh, or even we're talking about the gay thing how you talk in the home about how this is equal to death but how do you stay away from being cynical about a group of people or is that poison and if it is what, how do you deal with that? It is because what happened a long long time ago was Adamarishan ate from a tree that was called not the bear tree, but Eitzadas Tovera. The world today is a mixture of good and bad. And anything that comes your way, you need to understand where's it coming, what's the good over here, what's coming good, and where's, what needs to get rid of, and what's my role, how much need I be involved. If, if, if you, can, you can look at the best person, understand where's a weakness. And, and what happens is when you're very naive and you think things are perfect, when you come on, on some fault, and everybody has a fault, everybody has something, you're shattered because your belief was wrong. And when you meet somebody who's kind of um, a, a, a fairly objectionable person, somebody that you don't like, understand what his personality is, we, why has it been this way? And you know, and and uh, most of the time, people that are negative, it's because they're unhappy themselves. Most people who are happy themselves can be kind to people outside. And um, uh, let me tell you, I'll finish off with a very nice story that I heard two, three days ago from Dazan. Shapiro Zvenfrok had a father-in-law. People don't know him. His name was Aaron Bielstotsky, or Aaron Briskov is called. I remember him when he's older person, was a huge Talmud Chacham, very serious person. I remember him as a very serious person, no-nonsense type of personality. I, I saw him a few times and occasions, and his grandchildren told me that, you know, he's the grandfather you have to be in good behavior with. His daughter, Moshe Shapiro Zalmana, told, told this person, I, I heard the beginning, so I didn't never end. They were living in Yerushalayim, 
in the in the in the years when the anti-religious feelings were very sharp and bitter. Don't anyone tell you it's because we have things our way to be resented. They were lahashmanaharo. They aduk fastuk, lech mekan chared. You know, and 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 they were a big majority, and and it was intense and it was brutal. She was walking with her father. She was six years old. They walked down Gula, and somebody assaulted him verbally, not physically. And she held onto her father's foot like this, trembling. And this person said everything filthy and mean about Haredi people. And when he finished, he just got out of breath. Her father said, and as for me, I love you because you're a fellow Jew. So this person was shocked, and then he ran. The next morning, she, she opened up the door. There was a box of milk standing there. Now, milk was, was expensive. They couldn't usually afford milk. And every day there was a box of milk there. So she and her brother woke up very, very early, and they saw the same person. It was him bringing. And it went on for a few years. She said, that's how we had milk. And she asked the father, did you really mean it when you said it? How could you? He said, I saw in front of me somebody, a very hurt person. For a person to be so negative and so angry, it must be that something is hurting really deeply. And I felt very, very, very much for him. It's a big person, you know, and it's something to learn from. And so I guess this is a place I, I have to get moving. So, but it's been wonderful speaking with you and really a wonderful group of people. And we're so keep growing, keep shining. Thank you very much. Yo, Yehuda, are you going to him now? So this is not even Huh? Um, guys, those that would like to meet representatives from the Shibrizola will be